This is Cinemarchitects, where four future architects sit down, plot, draft, and design an awesome movie plot. Welcome to Cinemarchitects, everybody. I'm Robbie. I'm Austin. I'm Josh. I'm Nate. And we have a very special introduction to this episode, ladies and gentlemen, um, because Mr. Nate Allman here has uh, provided us with not only an idea for us to flesh out and build throughout this episode, but also some paper handouts so we can look at it and maybe read dialogue. <laughs> Nate, why don't you uh, why don't you give us the, the crux of the idea here before we get into the nitty gritty? Chapter one. No, um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want this to overbear the podcast. I wanted it to still be light and fluffy. Think of this as a first draft. Think of this as a project on the wall that you've all come you know, humbly to critique, so to speak. Anything written can change. It was just my idea to get started. But basically, the premise is a murder mystery. Okay. And a murder mystery that takes place during the Super Bowl in a stadium. Okay. It's a few months late, but... I mean, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely not in the synergistic, you know, marketing tie-in with that thing. You know, that's fine. It was the same year, and it's this city, this beautiful goddamn city. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I tried to keep everything pretty light. Even though, I, fuck you, Eagles. Fuck I, you. Oh <laughs> fuck you. You know, someone on a podcast said that, yeah, you know, I think everyone was cheering for the Eagles last season, unless you were what? in New England. Uh, I was like, no. Uh, I don't, no. No. I bet everyone else was. I mean, I hate the Patriots too, but fuck you, Eagles. Choke on a rotten piece of corn, Eagles. Go birds. Go birds. Shut up, Rob. That's what they say. I find it obnoxious. (laughs) Anyways, um, I tried to keep everything pretty light. I only really named um, one character and then just a peripheral character if you're reading in that first paragraph. But basically, I only named one character just for context. The other ones I just left as, as colors for people to read later if they wanted to. Um, and I didn't put it in a city, and I didn't set it during a specific year. Tried to keep it pretty open. But um, the general premise, I thought, was you get all these action movies, or you get these thrillers, or you get these suspense movies, and we're always rooting for kind of the suave guy or the Sherlock Holmesy type or the whoever... And I thought it'd be really interesting if the protagonist was kind of more, for lack of a better word, schlubby. You know, he just is pretty content with, you know. Is this is this like the dude from the Big Lebowski? I'll I'll, I'll read what I, what I've written. Yes, please, please do. Arthur, a man who never amounted to much, never too suited to task the responsibilities encountered in his life. He has persisted to take the path of least resistance and comfortable being comfortable in the face of potential labor. He lives his life in his typical warm sweater and old rain slicker that he's decided to wear to the game. He also wears a full beard as a sigil of his extinct fortitude because it hides the 17 pounds that he put on last summer. Fumbling in his pocket, he caresses the ticket that he had put most of last week's paycheck into. And as a religious fan of football, Arthur once again made his annual pilgrimage to the premier game of I lost my place in my own room. every football season there we go the Super Bowl that's that's our in a nutshell do you want me to keep reading you want yes, me to read the keep, whole damn I, th- I think I think we're you know what thing. it's too late we're, we're gonna read through the whole thing it was a shame <laughs> he had been too lazy to charge his phone to 100% however he had figured that 56% would be more than enough to last throughout the game Arthur was a smart man though 
Smart enough to earn a college degree in computer science and smart enough to find employment among the largest tech companies in the nation. It was his love of puns and sharp wit that won him the heart of his wife, Elena. She would have never gone to this game. If there was anything that proved to be poisonous to their relationship, it was the constant distraction that Arthur had faced pursuing his love of the game. Following every update, every draft, and every player stat, Arthur was easily drifted. Without a constant notification or instant message of her disdain, Arthur continued to be sadly misguided in his priorities. After four years of marriage and little more than a quiet exchange of regret, Elena left Arthur. That was years ago. And now, Arthur, a man, sitting there in his bleacher seat, corndog in hand. Across the stadium sat hundreds of screaming fans arranged to bear witness to this penultimate game. His pocket hummed with enough force for him to take notice amid all the cacophony. He examined the message, corndog in hand. And no... The writing that comes after this is not directly following up from that. I just kind of jumped forward in the story. Okay, can I be red? You you can be red. You can certainly be red. There's red, there's green, there's blue, and on the next page there's pink. pink. Uh, Red and blue are characters. So the way... So it's getting a little ahead of ourselves because, like I said, that kind of takes place later. I just wanted to set up Arthur as a character and kind of set the mood, set the setting. But the gist of it, I thought, is Arthur's at this game... He went by himself because obviously, you know, that chapter of his life has kind of come by, come and gone. And even though that's over, he's still very obsessed with football because it is kind of all he has left now. He didn't really realize it at the time, but now it is all he has left. Um, and eventually, as he's sitting there in the bleachers, he sees um, this guy who's dressed pretty well standing over um, by the stairs leading down to where his seat is at um, get pushed. Although, viewership aside, we wouldn't be sure exactly if he was pushed or if there was just a crowd in the way. Like, it looks like, from our perspective, it looks like he was pushed. He could have tripped. He could have fallen. We don't know. But that's what we see is this old man kind of tumbling down the stairs, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then eventually we find out that that old guy wasn't supposed to be over there. He was supposed to be in one of the private boxes. And that's where this scene kind of takes place. They're in one of the private boxes. These are some of the more richer people that go to these games, you know, with like the big suite. Right, right, right. Um, And Arthur's character just kind of happens to wander into this situation because the other two guys who are waiting for this older guy to return um, are in there. And they've received some strange messages on their cell phone. And so they wanted Arthur, who is a computer tech science major, although, you know... They don't really know that, but he's just like, well, I can take a look. I'm, you know, he explains it, obviously. They don't know that ahead of time. But you know, they have him take a look and see if someone's tampered with the phone, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Again, a, a little hazy because I didn't actually write it out, but that was just the gist of what I was thinking. But if you wanted to read it, we certainly can read it. Oh, we're, we're definitely reading Totally. This. Austin, who are you going to be? Um, I think I'm going to be... Green is Arthur. Pink. Green, uh, pink is the police officer. I'll be the police officer. And red and blue are the other two people who know the recently deceased. Nate, I trust you'll be doing the rest of the like, stage direction type of stuff? There's little stage direction. I think I only wrote in one part in black that you can see on the second page. Okay. Otherwise, uh, I guess I could kind of just make it up as we go along. But yeah, basically, they're all in the suite, and it's just like the three of them, and things are very tense, and um, eventually the red guy just wants his space. He doesn't want 
you know, Arthur to be hanging around, thinks that this is kind of none of his business, so to speak. Uh, my motivation, good. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Blue is trying to figure out what's going on, trying to be the voice of re- reason, even though they're not a very loud voice. They don't, they don't have much to say, or if they do, they often get spoken over. And Arthur is kind of trying to be kind and courteous, but also trying to get out of the situation as much as possible because he really doesn't want anything to do with it. He came there to watch football. This is beyond him, etc. And then Pink is the officer trying to, you know, bring order to the situation. Okay. Josh, who do you want to be? I'll be Blue. Does that leave you and Austin, you're going to be Pink, the police officer? Yep. So that leaves uh, Nate as the titular Arthur? Green. Okay. Okay, um, let's get into it then. I'll start. Arthur, this doesn't involve you. I understand. I think... Why should he leave now? He's a witness. Look, I don't want to cause any argument here, but I think I might get going. The police are on their way back, and I don't foresee myself knowing any more than they do about this. I'm not an officer of the law, and I don't see how I'm really going to make the situation any better. Well, I don't like him poking around here. This was supposed to be a private box. And since when are we trusting our personal phones with some guy amidst a crime scene? I don't want him snooping on my contacts or my photos. Come on, dude. I I just asked to take a look at the phone. I don't know. I didn't know that there was any shady stuff going down. He was just trying to help. Is everyone all right in here? Uh, Yes, officer. Yes, everything's fine. Hey, we've made a perimeter around the stadium and security is currently on high alert for any potential threats. We, but... As we cannot at this time confirm this is conclusively a homicide, we'd ask you all keep news of this quiet until after the game has ended. I am also going to need to gather the statement from each of you privately, and I have to emphasize that you keep this news quiet until the game is ended. Conclusively a homicide? What further proof do you need? Sir, this is the Super Bowl. I'm going to need a lot more than an eyewitness account. Do you have any idea how much revenue has been put into this event? Or have you ever thought about how much money the Super Bowl generates for its sponsors? Whatever you think you saw will have to be verified through a forensic investigation after the game is over. You can't be serious. We saw it. Are you telling me that someone planned a murder during the most watched event of the year, sir? This is very po- It is very possible that Mr. Sidmore was walking down Stairway C and fell. I will not rush into any other explanation than that. Just then, the officer was called on his portable walkie-talkie and went just outside the room to answer it. Silence permeated the room, although the distant rhythmic chanting from the crowds could not be muffled. Finally, the silence was broken. Well, were you able to? <clears throat> were you able to determine if this phone has been cloned? Uh, Given what I had to work with, which is just your phone, I can't really say for sure, although there is a good chance, given its erratic behavior. Who would have gone out of their way to kill Peter? I mean, sure, there are ins and outs of the business, but our company has never been unfairly malignant toward any one of our consultants and clients. Peter was a good man. And that's where I left off, because... NC. Okay. Love that. This is happening at U.S. Bank Stadium, is that correct? Oh, my God. I mean, it can. It was obviously the easiest thing for me to think about. Yeah. And I thought, what a fun setting, because you could have some, like, really dark cloak and dagger stuff happen below the stadium where, like, you know, only the athletes and other personnel are allowed, because technically, like... If you're at the bottom, you can traverse kind of anywhere down there. It's kind mm-hmm. of an open labyrinth, I'd, I would imagine. If you've ever been to the uh, tunnels in the Fargo Dome, then you know what's up. Oh, sure. Um, sure. That's a 
that's an NDSU reference. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody if, if this gets big, nobody will get it. No, no. <laughs> Everybody will get it now. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> but yeah. Go Bison. Yeah. Go Bison. That, Go bison. that was the thought. Go Bison. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost in my character. I can't think of what I <laughs> Oh, my yeah. God. You know, I'm just, yeah. I just got so into it. Mr. Red. So I didn't even give him or her a name. <laughs> so it sounds like names. Mr. Red is, is part of the, the company then. Ooh. Can we? Yeah. Okay. They all three guys. came together. Since this is kind of a different episode, I think we all have to come into this like our characters. Oh, my God. Okay. We do. And we have to, we have to figure out what our character wants how they're going through this and whatnot. Yeah, that's what's happening. Okay, so let me just try to build off of this um, with the wind at my heels and uh, and and just just nothing. I'll just keep pulling it out, I guess. So so based on what I know so far, Mr. Red, and this will not turn into Reservoir Dogs. They will have names eventually. Mr. Red <laughs> um, <laughs> is is just kind of like wants shit out of there and 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 just is is kind of perturbed at this whole mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Um and I I guess they're just kind of kind of be an annoying thorn in the side throughout the whole movie, I think. A little bit. I mean, he's tr- I I felt he's trying they're all trying to get to the bottom of it, but he's like, "Look, like you just touched my personal phone. I make X amount of dollars a year. You have no business looking at my stuff." Okay. Was my only thought in writing that little blurb. So he probably won't be a major character much further past. Uh, well, is is the whole movie going to take place during the Super Bowl? Actually, like during the this game, it, they're all stuck in the stadium. Okay, basically that the police are like, then. "We he's still if he if it is a murderer, he's still in here, and there's no way he can get out because we've made a complete perimeter around the place. So in a sense, you're trapped in here with him, but at the same time, like." You never know exactly what the murderer is going to do because, like they said, this is the most watched event, you know, in the U.S. every year. Um, so it's like, well, what's he going to do? Or like, you know, what should I be looking out for? Because it's probably not going to be, you know, a guy with a knife chasing after you. It's probably going to be something either really subtle or like hiding somewhere, so to speak. Like like I said, those under underneath the stadium scenes, maybe, where it's like dark rooms and silhouettes shifting from room to room or the killer could be one of the guys in the room i actually don't know who did it because i didn't really finish the whole idea Ooh, right. unreliable narrator wow <laughs> <laughs> um i don't yeah i i feel like we need to play with a stadium a lot like you said um so this isn't just like a one room type of de- clue Mm-hmm. type of deal where it's yeah. like who's the murderer mm-hmm. oh no it could be one of us I think it was Mr. Red in the tunnels w- with the candlestick yep no 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 with Blow. the Lombardi trophy <laughs> there you go it was the locker room guy <laughs> the flake gate is back <laughs> a trophy isn't the new clue it is way. yeah it, it is. is it totally is, is a trophy yeah. um but not the, i mean not specifically <laughs> the lombardi trophy no but yeah, a it's, trophy. It's just a trophy. it should be the belichick lombardi trophy Ooh. shut up I mean, it, should, it really should be at this point <laughs> but that's we can edit that out because that's not relevant to anyone <laughs> that's fair um i mean that's relevant to most people i feel like most people in america watch the nfl 
Yeah, it's probably a little more than listen to Cinema Architects. <laughs> a little just bit. A tad. Just a tad. Don't be so modest. Few. Come on. <laughs> couple million more. Just a couple million. Just a couple. <laughs> just a couple. We'll get them. We'll get them eventually. They're on their way. They're all on their way. Just a few points more. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good title. For a few points more. A fistful of points. They're showing that pocket full of points. Are they really yep. fistful of dollars? Mm-hmm. The whole is it the whole trilogy or just that one? At least two of them. Wow! Because there's a sequel that has a similar name. Yep. There's fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, and then most people don't know that the third one is the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think they're showing that one as well. So they're showing the whole trilogy then. Yeah. I didn't know the good, the bad, the ugly was part of a trilogy. I mm-hmm. didn't either. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Hmm. I guess we're most people, Rob. <laughs> oh, oh, good for most people. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think that there are characters missing? Because I thought the funnest part of any murder mystery movie is the cast of kind of interesting characters that follows the protagonist. You know, like you read Agatha Christie's and then there were none. You have the retired general. You have mm-hmm. the butler. You have the doctor. You have the jazz singer. You have all these very different characters that kind of bounce off of each other mm, we'll bring in all the characters from the broadway episode are we, be, <laughs> be it. so is it okay so are we just focusing on one guy then or are we gonna focus on all these characters and they're trying to figure it out on their own i i mean they're all trying to figure it out i would imagine like they all have their own motives whether we know what they are or not as everyone does in real life but uh i would argue that as a whole they're all trying to figure it out Right. Although, maybe, I, I thought the fun part of the mystery would be, why is Arthur involved? Is it coincidence that he's helping these people? Because mm. he has nothing to do with any of this. Well, now, I'm, okay, so I'm looking at what you've written, and so it's something with their phones? Yeah, well, the thought of it was, and I didn't. I was afraid of going too phone boothy with this, but the killer could be sending them, like, Peter dies, and they just get one message from an unlisted number that says touchdown, even though no points have been scored whatsoever throughout the whole game. And it's just really oddly timed. Ooh, that's a fun little device. Something like that. I didn't want it to be too overtly like, you'll never find me. I'm hiding in the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, because at that point in real life, you'd be like, hey, officer, look at this text. Like some jackass is in here. Clearly stop the game. I I provided ye these riddles three. Yeah. (laughs) Answer me these riddles three. And I, I thought another kind of fun piece of it is is the, the officer basically saying, like, look, there are higher powers that be here. Like, I get that the man is dead, but we're not going to stop the Super, the Bowl Super Bowl because one man died. No, you're, I mean, I, I enjoy my character. <laughs> How high does a body count have to get before they make a ruckus? I originally intended for three people to die. Oh, like, really? I kept okay. it at one just because I was like, if it was one, there's no way. But the other two might not. Maybe those are ones that are discovered near the end of the story. And at that point, then we, we it's all wrapped up anyway to, before. I mean, third act finale thing. Everything's Basically going like, to hell. And we're still oh, okay. waiting for the left guard to get out of the huddle there. No. Oh, and he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. He is not getting up. <laughs> there's there's going to be so many football puns Aren't in this movie, guys, right? Do you guys remember the one Super Bowl? I want to say it was the Seahawks and the 49ers. And the power went out for a little bit. There were technical difficulties. Oh, the stadium yeah, power went out. That's I was like, right. how cool would that be if all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's just dark in the whole theater and you have a murderer running around. I mean, not physically running, but, you know. I'd like it if that happened, like, right at the moment of, like, a, 
what the f- I'm, you know, I'm not a football guy, but right when it's like Hutton and they just, the, the linemen collide and everything. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they collide, then the power goes out. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I also like if it was, it, it's not connected to this at all. But the thing is, is everybody's got their minds so wrapped in this that they're like, shit, did he cut the power? Did he do mm-hmm. all this? And then you find it like it was just. Because the power went out, like oh, but that's like you only find that, that out at the way end of the movie, right? Right, it's just it's... some faulty switch or whatever. Mm, yeah. And I mean, he takes that opportunity to kill again, but I mean, it wasn't him who did that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the main character Arthur kind of overcoming, like maybe there's a final you know chase down or whatever, and like the officer is down in the tunnel area and he gets knocked out and his guns on the ground and Arthur is like. I could pick up that gun. I have no business picking up that gun. I don't know anything about mm. it. And I don't know any legal ramifications for me shooting a man. But, you know, he kind of reluctantly falls into that, you know, the the good guy with the gun is going to stop the bad guy climactic ending kind of trope. But he falls into it reluctantly. And maybe, like, he shoots and completely misses and the gun flies out of his hand. Like, you know, you can do something completely different with it. Right. Versus do they catch the guy? At the end, I'd like, do they not? I I'd like know. it if um, he's like, "You're really gonna try to shoot me with that." And he's like, "Yeah," and it flies out of his hand, and he's like, "You missed," and he's like, "Did I?" And he's like, "Yeah, you, yeah, you <laughs> did. did. It's, it's totally." Right. It's and this he's is like, "The Shit. bullet hole over here." Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just wanted like you know a dark corridor area, and you can like hear the killer shouting out to Arthur, like, "You're not really gonna use that, are you, Arthur?" We, we both know you have no idea if the safety is even on on that thing. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. You've never fired a gun in your life, have you, Arthur? This isn't Call of Duty. This is life. Or, you know. Can the climax be on, like, the the catwalks? I thought about that, sta- too. Like, yeah. the very tippy top of the, the mm. stadium. Yeah, I thought about that With, as well. With, like, literally just, like, all the crowd around. You get all of that noise. Mm. Or the sound mixer is going to do a hell of a job <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I would like that, though, because then they can just be like, they're up there and they're shouting and whatever, and it doesn't matter. The game is still going on full force and yeah, everything. Like no one notices Squall. them. Two tiny little <laughs> right. Well, I'm top. sure there's people Squall. that do that all the time. <laughs> right, exactly. Squall. The Vikings are in this We're one. definitely putting the Vikings at the Super Bowl. <laughs> in the U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> yeah. We're going to rewrite history. We are. People are going to go into this movie. They'll be like, is there a film credit for filming in Minneapolis? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Say, I watched that Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't remember the Minnesota Vikings playing in that Super Bowl. That's why this will be Super Bowl 72 or something. Oh, no, 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 no. It's going to be this Super Bowl. Oh, it's just okay. instead this of the hit Eagles. The, it'll, it'll be it's the upcoming be one the before, like after the release date of it or something. <laughs> it's going to hit the box off and they'll be like, sir, we're, we're not projecting very well in Philadelphia. No one's buying tickets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I... Cool. So I love the setting. <laughs> the The story is pretty... Like cut and dry, mm-hmm. really. It's a murder mystery. Yeah, it's I mean, a I didn't want to. I didn't want to disguise yeah. it as anything else. It's a murder no, mystery. No, I, but I think the setting is interesting. That's yeah. I thought that was the only kind of thing to it that really sets it apart from everything else. Right. Well, I think we've make, come up with some pretty fun set pieces so far. Well, yeah. Too. I mean, I mean, yeah. All the, all the other little things, but like the big overall, like because you've seen it, you've seen a murder mystery on a train, you've seen it on an island, you've seen it. You know, all these places, and I thought, you know, a packed stadium with tons of people. 
And it's just like, why would somebody do this on everyone's watching? Like, if I were to plan a murder in real life, I would have done it in a dark alley somewhere where no one's going to find me. Why? So, okay, so at the beginning, when he falls or whatever, does an officer come be like, oh, nope, he's okay, he's okay, and then just drags him into the (laughs) hallway or whatever? I thought thought that the officer doesn't really say anything, but we get a news piece that people might be looking up on their phones that just says a man's been rushed to the hospital, even though he's already dead. They're just putting that out as news. Right. Because they don't want anyone to panic. That's the big key. We cannot have this stadium of people panicking no we cannot have the super bowl crowd of people leave running and screaming right into the city we cannot have that happen right right exactly we realize there's a killer in there but we have all of our police looking everywhere top to bottom let's just get through the game and we'll sort it out later well that's maybe one of the police officers sends a tip to like espn hey the player that was just taken off the field might have a concussion might need to go to the hospital Mm. just puts a little thing out there so they see an ambulance come that's why nobody worries. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's probably paramedic. There'd be paramedics. Yeah, there'd be paramedics to, right. to, yeah, to remove. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be what people are rushing around, yeah. I guess. Which is why I find this so interesting, the setting, because it, I feel like in a lot of murders, they're just like, no, we need to keep this quiet. And you're like, why? Why? Yeah. Why do I need, why do you need to keep this quiet? And this is like, oh, no, I know why you need <laughs> to keep this quiet. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like yelling fire in a crowded theater. Right. Pretty so much, I mean yeah. and that's and that's what gives all of these characters more meaning because they aren't gonna have what the SWAT team come in. They aren't gonna have more police come in because again, you don't want to cause panic. Mm-hmm. So that's why this one police officer that maybe is just like head of security or something. Yeah, I mean I'm sure the other ones are doing a good job, but we just we follow one. Right. Yeah. Right. And then these two guys who are his co-workers. That's what his I pictured. Partners, all, probably. Three, all three of them got a private box. Yeah. Or maybe there was two of them and they took their friend or well, client. You know you know how that works. I mean, right. as, as architectural um, firms work sometimes is what we'll buy season tickets for a place and like, oh, well, let's take so-and-so from this construction firm because right. we really want to make a good relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. Could be something like that. But I thought another interesting piece of it would be like, why was Peter by the stairwell C? Like, that goes to the main seats. Like, why wasn't he over why by the he, box? Right, or like, we have a bathroom in here. Yeah. Like, why, why was he going out? Yeah. Like, you literally don't have to leave this box. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, do, does they, do they arrive there then? Do they arrive there, do they go to the box, and then he leaves? Or does Peter never show up to the box? I say they all arrive there, and then Peter okay. does the... I'll be right back, guys. You know, right. and he's not right back. <laughs> right. But, um, right. Um, I thought the fun, if, if this were a film and we're showing it, you know, in sequential order, I wouldn't even really show those other guys until they enter the story. At the end of the day, I think this is from Arthur's perspective. So it just shows him okay. getting in there and he literally is in the middle of this. Like, we don't show a scene where it's like the three of them like walking and like, oh, you know, they're just other people okay. in the stadium as far as we're concerned until our character enters okay. their story. No, I like that. I like that. So we see Arthur go into the stadium. You see... I don't know. How do we see his backstory? Who, At, Arthur? Yeah. I mean, you could do a tiny little bit of flashback, like, just show, like, his hand go in the po- into the pocket, and, like, just you see slightly the ticket close up as it pulls out, and then it, like, just shows him looking up football stats on his phone real quick, and his wife just, like, looking out a window, and then it shows him look up at the stadium... 
And then it shows that same image of the stadium, but now on a TV and he's in a living room and there's his wife just like standing by the door with suitcases and, you know, they're just like talking, but we don't hear any of the dialogue, but you can tell that they're both upset. So you do want flashback I mean, just real quick, just it happened and let's just move on. Just kind of to, A, I like the mystery of like the wife left a couple years ago. Does that come up somehow in this mystery? Is there some tie back to that? Maybe it's a red herring, but I think it's a good one to throw in there right away. And it kind of fleshes out who Arthur is and why he's kind of... Why he's there alone. Why he's there alone. I mean, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do flashbacks, just make them part of the police questioning. Or you can do that. Just just because it's all... True, yeah. Instead of flashing back and cutting momentum, it's all points adding to the, the police's... Oh, you, you mean right. like like oh where were you like over here like what were you doing then and then it's like wow yeah, did you there? come here with anyone who yeah. are you who are you right. trying to get on your phone who are you trying to call because he's definitely gonna alone? ask him like why are you here alone mm-hmm. like I feel like you're most suspicious people do yeah not. yeah did you leave the wife wife at home with the kids oh no I just I'm wearing that out of habit yeah okay no I like that so yeah so then because then at the beginning it's just him. Going up, finding a seat. I don't think we even see like anything. We literally just see him in his per- perspective, and he's going. He's about to go into the aisle. He's going up and just boom, 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 yeah. Boom, and he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, and "What? Like, are you okay, dude?" You know, and and he's yeah. just like there. And then the police are like, "Oh!" And then they take him too because he's like, "We need questioning." Yeah, and like, then do you know they, him? Do you, how old wait, is he? Wait, wait, is he wait, on any wait, medication? Wait. So you're saying Arthur is there when the guy falls? Yeah. Well, Close then Arthur by. doesn't go anywhere the rest of the movie. Arthur's in police custody until he's proven innocent. He's not going anywhere if, if he's there. At the but I the think there's so there's a lot of people there, though. Yeah, I think they probably gather most people. Interesting. So you could have other characters. You're saying are, like he he's close enough to hear it. Well, what I else think is, he's in security the rest does, of the night. But then how else does he? How else does he do anything? How else? Why is he connected? Why is he doing anything? I don't know, but I think if he's if he's there at the time of the murder, there's no way that he's getting out of police custody. So maybe then hours. it's on the opposite side, and he can just see like a guy falling down the stairs, and you just see the crowd, ah, like audible gasp from that side. But then you see the paramedics, and people are like clapping when they get the guy out or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, it could be something like, yeah, he could be down the hall. Yeah. I mean, these are really long stretches yeah. of, of I want him open. to, to right. be literally an eyewitness to the event. But yeah, you're right. He can't go into police custody for the rest of this movie. Right. And, but I mean, they can't take everybody in that section into police custody. And that's custody the other thing. Either. Well, this is in the stands? I don't know. I thought about it that way, but it would make more sense if I was murdering someone to do it in an area where there are no people. No people, yeah. And no cameras? That's another thing. Since there's cameras pointing at the crowd. But if somehow he's able to traverse throughout the stadium below and somehow the power goes out, maybe he has access to other things in the stadium and has already thought that ahead. I don't know. I, literally, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, this okay. is kind of uh, it's like Agatha Christie meets freaking law-abiding citizen. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Law-abiding citizen with Gerard no, Butler and I've Jamie Foxx? Oh. Have you guys seen that? No. no, no, seriously, no. I thought it was a more popular movie. Sorry, it's like a 2010. It's a thriller. Anyways, it's it's kind of like a how is he murdering people? What's he doing? And then, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Wait, idea. Maybe one of the old. No, because then they they don't need to go out of their box for food. Damn yeah. it. Ah. Hmm. Maybe there's one guy that wants to just because he doesn't like the 
hoity-toity catering. Maybe. Just okay. Wants a, mm-hmm. Well, it's the Super Bowl. It's all going to be hoity-toity. But right. Just wants a, a, you know, he doesn't want the Stella. He wants a Bud Light. He wants a, a Bud a Dog. Yeah. Okay. So he goes out. Brought to you by he, Bud Light. Right. <laughs> he is playing. I think he's frustrated with his phone. And yeah. there enters Arthur and he's like, oh, you know, you could just like do that and do that. And then he like takes his phone and he's just like, here, blah, 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 blah. Here you go. It's done. He's like, oh, well, you're a smart kid. Sure. Where are you seated? Like up in nosebleeds or whatever. I'm like, you want to you want to come join us? It's just the two of us. Like there's plenty of stuff to do. Sure. I don't know. Because I mean, I feel like old people that like they don't have nothing to lose. They're just like, why not? Like mm-hmm. I have money to spend like here to have this mm-hmm. guy or whatever. You can bring your family too. like, oh, I'm here alone. Like, OK, well, whatever. Come with us. Yeah. He gets up there. And then that text happens, and he's like, "What the fuck did you do to my phone? What mm. What did you What did you put on my phone? Like, why? What is this message?" That's a good way to enter. Random. That's a, that's yeah. I I thought of it as it. The message has happened, and he's just looking around like a guy who's just seen a ghost, and he's like looking. Uh, do you know anything about phones, sir? Like going up to random people just in a chicken cutoff head frenzy and eventually... Wait, Arthur got this text? No, 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 one of the other guys. And okay. then and then he runs into Arthur and Arthur's like, well, blah, 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 work at this tech company. Can you take a quick look? Blah, blah, blah. Actually, can you come back to this box real quick? You know, just we got to sort this out or whatever. And he's like, sure, you know, just literally drug along. And then that's where we enter that little... Okay. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's still... the kind of the same idea mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, yeah i mean yeah but basically like, yeah we need a way for him to get from his regular schlub seat to the private box right. for these two gentlemen right and the connection is the phone and he is a techie guy and so they oh he must know everything about phones and whether he does or does not is beside the point but yeah right um but the big question like i said that i i never really calculated is who the murderer is well, ex-wife would be too obvious. Yeah, I, I don't want that to, to be in there. But why would it be the ex-wife? Arthur's not connected to any of this. Well, yeah, maybe that's maybe she only shows up at the beginning, and I don't know. She has something that like so that you'd easily recognize her at the end, and then at the end you're like, "What the fuck? Why right. did you do like, this? Why, why? I'm just a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a fucking psycho. <laughs> <No>. Hee hee. <laughs> and that's what. <laughs> And that's the murder mystery. <laughs> I mean, I and I. Another, How could we have predicted this? Right. Another no. idea I had had when I was making this was like, what if you were like out walking around normally and like you saw a guy performing a hit and then like he just like looked up at you and you're like, oh shit, like I I didn't see anything, but he's like, oh no, you saw that, you definitely saw that, and you can't unsee that, and then he's like, and now you know what happens next. And that's why Arthur is now kind of involved because he's seen too much or something. Well, I think he just in, he's involved because I think he's bored. I think he just doesn't too. he doesn't have anything left in his life. You know, maybe it's not bored. He's just intrigued. You know, he's intrigued by this mystery. He's kind of like frustrated that the cops are just like trying to hide all of this you know mm-hmm. like i still think he has a conscience like yeah like okay, he, his he was, marriage wasn't that great and he was too much into football but like he still has a conscience oh sure he's kind of put off by it at the beginning i think he's like why am i I'm sure i'll help a little bit why and then like as it gets a little more convoluted he's like oh wait okay yeah no this is starting to get pretty weird i'll help out like and then that's why he's interested mm-hmm. in everything right you know what i'm saying or maybe his right. phone gets a text all of a sudden oh and that's the 
that's what really ties him in. Yeah. Gets one word text and he's like, okay. I don't know why they would text. And I, that's the thing is, and that would, that would be. Because it's his ex-wife. <laughs> and, that's why, and that's why, yeah, you really need to figure out. And that's why I didn't do, but I should have done. Because you really have to, I feel like, work backwards to make it make sense. Because otherwise it's a right. bunch of string of coincidences. Yeah. But if you find that key and it's like, oh, when you get to the end. Even though, yeah, it's weird up until that point yeah. and it doesn't make sense. I'm assuming this is like corporate sabotage, right? Could be. Could be. I guess I don't want this to be just some random killer because then it's like... Then all of this stuff just like literally doesn't matter. You know, like everything that you have shown in this movie is just because you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then it's like, you know, like a murder mystery, you have to have some reason of doing it. Oh, of course. There's a motive. Because otherwise then it becomes a thriller if it's about Mm -hmm. a psycho. Because like there is no motive. Mm -hmm. He's just a psycho. Yeah. I was hoping to somehow connect Arthur to the two guys to where, like, you know, you get that final whatever the explanation. Like, did you really think that this was all a big coincidence, Arthur? Did you really think that or I really planned on you going to the Super Bowl because I knew you were going to go to the Super Bowl. I knew you'd be there, Arthur, because you always go every year. Like so somebody who connected. kind of, yeah, I, but I don't want to be the ex-wife. No. It's probably a character that does not exist on those pages. I'm just saying I, that's. Maybe if it's some kind of corporate espionage thing or murder or whatever, um, maybe the old man is connected to like, you know, some, uh, some big company. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and somehow Arthur has like a, like another tech contact at that company or something. Sure. And like, and that's how he even like knows kind of what's going on. And that, that other contact is there at the game. Um, maybe it's because of a corporate thing. Maybe it's not, but then, then maybe that could be the guy and that's the connection there. Cause he's, cause that would give the guy the reason to be like, I know you, Arthur, I know that you would do this, or at least I was pretty sure you would do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone who can kind of predict. I mean, ba- based off the premise that you gave there, yeah. where it's like if where he would be able to somewhat predict what Arthur's doing. I mean, I mean that that would make uh, some of the big sense there. So maybe he is connected to them already. He's just reluctant. I mean, we didn't say that he didn't have to be connected to them. He no, just has to be reluctant. No. And if he is connected, that would be a piece of information I'd leave out to the very, very end, to make it seem like. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to get through all this. Like they seem like nice enough people. I'm just going to help out and I'm just going to get the hell out of here. And like, this is not my life. I'm just a guy who sits behind a keyboard and I occasionally, you know, collect little figurines or something. I mean, you know, he's <laughs> has nothing to do with this kind of a lifestyle. This right. is not him. Right. But then it is actually a but little bit about him. Then it's him and he becomes a private eye and we make <laughs> sequels. Yeah. All sports-themed murders. Detective Arthur. Next is the World Series. All seven games. He'll be the seven uh, murders for seven games. (laughs) He'll be the new Hardy Boys of sports murder mystery film. Oh yes, (laughs) the Hardy Boy. The Hardy Boy. Singular Hardy Boy. (laughs) Hmm. Arthur Hardy. Arthur Hardy, (laughs) played by Tom Hardy. And there you go. That's a gimmick. That's that's the. <laughs> we don't even need to cast now. No, no, you've done it. We're done. <laughs> Cue the music. No, I'm just kidding. What do you think, Josh? Any any uh, lingering questions on 
I'm still struggling with the motivation, I guess. I don't know who killed him and why. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm kind of stuck there myself. So that's the trouble with writing a murder mystery. It has you got to be smart. <laughs> well, like I said, I think a good writer would have started at the end and worked backwards, but I obviously didn't get to that point yet. Well, I mean, we can be at that point now. Sure. Yeah, we need to figure out what who. So who did it? Who who had a motive, gentlemen? Done it. Who framed who done it? Roger Rabbit. Was it Mr. Body? No. Um. We could just go right to casting and then figure out who the murderer is afterwards. Maybe we come back with that Do we want, we want to take a hot nugget? break? We could. Hot Texas I think minute. we'd take a hot break because have we even thought of a story? No. We, <laughs> we have, have really not. cool set pieces. We that basically counts. It's going to be a triple-A film. All right, set pieces. It's all happening That's on the set. Movie. Set, sound mixing, a little bit of dialogue. We have a great movie. And we'll bill it as a murder mystery, and we'll get all of the middle-aged white moms to come see it. Perfect. The mystery is the plot. Yes, Yep. The mystery is the plot. All right, cue the music. Hi, I'm AJ. And I, I was going to go first. Oh. I'm Richard. And I'm AJ. And we run a little movie and TV podcast out of New Zealand called Cult Popture. And if movies and TV mattered, we'd be talking about the issues that matter. With a focus on the more niche and undiscussed side of Hollywood, this ain't your typical two dudes talking about movies podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, it is though, isn't it? Because, like, you know, we're both fat and white and you live with your parents. We do things like interviews with obscure industry professionals on our show, like a woman who edits movie trailers or the kid who got killed on screen by Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith. The other thing we do, AJ, is every second week we watch and discuss a randomly chosen film franchise. We've covered everything from the two Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants movies to the 31 Godzilla films to the surprisingly lengthy Earbud series. Who knew you could make, like, 20 films about a dog who could play basketball? Well, they're not all about a dog. Yeah, well, shut up. If you like movies, TV, and New Zealand accents, check out Cult Popshire on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, or Facebook. Or you can visit www.cultpopshire.com. All right, good gravy. We are back. Uh, we just spent the last, what felt like half hour, was probably like 15 minutes, um, trying to put this thing together. Um, and what we have uh, come up with is a sort of frame of a movie that we will then try to each individually fill out. Does that sound right? I think, think so. Yeah, so what we're going to do is give the overall story. Each of us has a murder and a motive in mind. So we're going to give you the story, and then we're going to give you the murder. Kind of like Clue. Correct. Multiple choice. Yep. So okay. the, the basic frame of it is, is very similar to what you've heard so far. Arthur is in the movie, for sure, as is Peter, the victim, the old man who uh, looks like he falls down the stairs. Um... What else have we established with this? Poison. We have established, yeah, the poison. So we've established that Peter got poisoned. Um, Paul was also a target to that poisoning. Who's Paul? Paul is Peter's partner. Um, Sorry, so the three people in the box are Peter, Paul, and Mary. How about that? How about (laughs) that? There's probably more people in the box. 
the three we care about. The three that, yeah, yeah the three we But just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Plenty of people. So Peter and Paul were targeted because their champagne we're going to go with got poisoned. Yeah, two glasses of champagne. Right. Paul was like, I'm not about that champagne. I want the champagne of beers. Mm-hmm. The Miller, Miller High, High Life. Life. Yeah. yeah. Brought to you by Miller High Life. Right. Goes out into the hallway. Um, is in the line, which then where Arthur comes in, he's helping him with his phone. He goes back to the box eventually. Peter goes out. He needs a break. He needs a, he's not feeling well. He needs to walk around, goes out to some stairs, dies and falls down the stairs. Paramedics come rushing to him. They're like, oh, frick, he's dead, but we can't let people know because it's the Super Bowl. So they just take him away. People clap and like, oh, well, good thing the old man will live now. One of the paramedics lifts Peter's arm and kind of waves it at the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Weekend at Bernie's this. Um, Yeah, so that's the murder. So I think we all like the, the... the underbelly of the stadium idea. So I'd imagine eventually either by clue or by necessity of safety, they're like, get to, yeah, let's, so this is already convoluted in in itself. Let's go in chronological (laughs) order. Yes. Yep. That's very fair. Sorry. Point by point. Point by point point throughout the movie. Yeah. So next scene, the one that you wrote basically. Sure. Yeah. Is where they're back in the box. In the box. And they're all kind of getting to know each... Well, specifically Arthur, because Arthur is foreign to their specific story, or at least so they think at this point. Right, right. Is is the touchdown text happening? I don't know. I guess is, it depends on... Did, who the, wants the touchdown I, text to happen? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, I'm okay too. With I can it. make it work. Yeah. So I think... If you don't want to just say, well, the touchdown text didn't happen. Yeah. But right. if it, well, really, everyone said yes, so that doesn't matter. Right. So... Let's say Arthur has the phone, has his phone right now, still trying to like configure things because his phone is messing up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Touchdown text happens. He's like, oh, like here, Paul, like you're, you got a text saying touchdown. There's not a touchdown. Like, I don't get this. And he's like, huh, that's strange. And then they see on the big screen, Peter fell down. He's like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. Mary gets this text too because. We need to rope Mary into this, too. Sure. (laughs) This new character, Mary. Yeah. And so it happens. Uh, They get a knock on the door, I'm assuming. Then is where the police officer comes in. And they they are in their box? They are in their box. They're sweet. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he's just like, we we need to question you. It's like, yeah, I just saw his fall. Is he all right? And he's like, no. No, he's not. Like, he's he's, he's dead. he's, He's dead. But you need to keep quiet about this. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? He's dead. And uh, hysterical. Mary's hysterical. Paul is also hysterical. Sorry. Not only women can be hysterical. In fact, hysteria is not necessarily a word we should use. It is not. Goodness gracious. Jesus. It is. And I'm sorry. They are freaking out because <laughs> someone died. Cray, cray. Cray, cray, cray. That's much more respected. Yes. <laughs> yes, Exactly. <laughs> They, cray, they lost their fucking marbles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In it? Yes, exactly. That's what, that's what the cop says as he comes out to the other cops. He's like, they lost their fucking marbles. Okay, so <laughs> he goes in there, tells him he dies, <laughs> mm-hmm. asks him some questions, like, what was he doing? Like, where was he going or whatever? And he's like, oh, and they just, like, he just went out there or whatever. 
do they figure out that it's poison right there and then? Because it's like, is it something he drank? Is it whatever? Do they figure that out right there? I would argue it probably would fit into your framework, but if they were smart characters, they'd probably say, let's not drink this just in case. Right. And maybe they, okay, maybe. They're so they're like, like we're not even going to test it, but just don't throw that out right now just in case. Right. Right. So like, the, you're saying the characters in the box throw it out on their own? Yeah. Okay. Because they've been like, well, what the hell? The, he was healthy. But don't they also think that he just fell down the stairs I mean, and he's died? Old. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they'd suspect it. Maybe probably, one of the police officers says he was foaming at the mouth. Foaming at or the mouth. Was something going on. Or Yeah. I like that because then they're like, yeah. oh, okay. something poisony. Right. And I mean, it's not like they're in this situation like, oh, my God, somebody died. I need a champagne. Yeah. Like, goof. Well, somebody might. Actually. Does somebody actually need the champagne? I would take the Miller. To new management. <laughs> to new. <laughs> you could. OK, never mind. I'll, I'll save it. I won't. Oh, was that an inkling, it. Josh? There? Um, OK. Was it? I don't know. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> OK, so there's that scene. Cut that scene. Next scene. We have Arthur's more intrigued, I'm guessing. Um, I mean, I mean, whether it's him driving it himself or the plot driving him, but yeah, he, he sticks around, obviously. Right. I always kind of, like I said, the reluctant hero where it's just like, I guess I'm involved, so I'll stick around. I don't know if he's necessarily interested. He just wants to be done with it. So if, if solving it means he's done with it, then he'll solve it. Otherwise, he has... No intention of doing anything further if he doesn't have to. So maybe this is how he gets down to the tunnels? Yeah. That's where security is? Yeah. So he goes down to talk to security, help however he can. That's how he gets into the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Be like, hey, I can help try and track who sent this text message. Yeah, because I have the phone. Because I have the phone. And, and you I guys have computers that I don't, I don't bring into the stadium, but could, could I run this through right, real quick? Right. There you go. And so he's like, I'm going to try and figure this out okay no i like that yep yeah so he's using security's computers mm-hmm. to hack in t- yeah i'm gonna say hack hack is still a thing hacking is still oh he's gonna hack into the mainframe is that what's maybe one of the security the guards hops onto the keyboard with him and they, they're both typing <laughs> on the same keyboard yep yep um, i was actually gonna suggest um at these events usually cell phone companies will have uh cell phone spots mm-hmm. or they're not towers but they're their own network signal boosters within the stadium. Right. And so it would actually be easy to track the position of the sender in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if my phone technology knowledge is correct. I don't know <laughs> yeah, for I sure. Don't, yeah, but I know I people, know. you can, you're easily traced. You're always traced. Sure. Right. Based on what cell tower you go to. Right. Just yeah. out and about town. And if you I don't know it, why it'd be that different in the stadium. No. I, I feel like if you wrote it clever enough, if you were watching the movie and they said the right science jargon, but oh yeah. sure, yeah, but right. you can do that. It's twenty eighteen. Right. So but do I, they I mean I think that makes sense. Do they do the specific phone or an area? It'd be an area. Okay. So it'd be section sixty nine. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, of course. So that's yeah. maybe that's why he from. goes down through the tunnels to get there. Mm. To section sixty nine. Which is where he was sitting at at the beginning. Maybe. 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 I don't know. I guess I don't know how much his original position was important. Depends on your framework, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We can, we can debate that detail. We can. But ma- Later. Yeah. So what if there was a clue that it was... Was there an idea that the, that the killer was part of the staff? 
I think we talked about that earlier. Well, I think that he's either part of the staff or he was he's able hiding. to move around the stadium. Or he could be just okay. a volunteer. There's millions of volunteers oh, yeah, for this. Yeah. Whether, well, okay, not millions. Of whether it's by trickery or the fact that he is a vol- he's able to get around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Well, maybe that's just maybe section 69 is where the catering stuff is. Right. That's where the elevators are. That's how they get to the club boxes. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Or that's he, where a lot of staff So he goes there. He finds, I'm assuming, just a cell phone there because they're not going to freaking have it on them. Or maybe they find a lot of people. Okay. Oh, so it's, right, because it's an area. Maybe right. it's Arthur right, right, and right. someone with security, or Arthur now has a security badge? And so maybe there's yeah. a, there's yeah, the killer sees the, Arthur the and security getting a little nervous of the heat. And then the security cop is just, like, just silently, like to one of his, his partners, is like, nobody leaves this section for the next whatever minutes. We, we're going to do a quick sweep through, you know, and like they just stand up by the stairs and they, they yeah, they sweep around. Right. And all, and as this is going on, we hear a blurb from ESPN saying like, oh, no, like the guy's okay. Man was rushed He's to the hospital. He's currently under whatever. <laughs> then they go to somebody down on the field and he's like, oh, yeah, the ambulance came. They he's came fine. to take him out of the tunnel. Like, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Rachel Nichols is relieved. She's on ESPN. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> Right. So, Arthur and security have now locked down the zone. Mm-hmm. Does this lead to a foot chase? Does this lead to a high-tense situation where Arthur is face-to-face with the murderer but doesn't know it? Yes. I would argue, yeah, he's face-to-face with the murderer but probably doesn't know okay. it. Okay. And whether or not we show the audience either, who knows? Could be a weird darkened over-the-shoulder and then that silhouette moves out of frame real quick. Um... Yeah, I guess the further along you get, the more complicated it is to stay on the movie trail because it, it yours might vary. Well, I mean, we'll just sure just, let's just put some scenes out okay. there and see what. Okay, we can so do he's with it. down there. He meets a f- few characters as he's uh, talking around. Like, hey, did you see anybody suspicious? They're in like, the. Don't bother me. It's the Super Bowl. Get the hell out. Right, of here. Like, like we're really busy right yeah. now. I'm sorry. Like, you just need to take a look at uh, any phones you have down here. Right. Mm-hmm. Just send a text message. Oh, we keep all of our phones in our lockers. There's one phone missing. They keep their phones in their lockers? Well, I mean, a lot of kitchens do that. Try to do that at least. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh. Oh, I guess. Because you're not allowed to text and work. And yeah. I guess I want them to, like. Or maybe they all have it. I want them, I want I them to find a phone. I want them to find a phone and just and that text no message. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a generic burner phone yep. that was specifically chosen. For oh, yeah. I mean, this person, if he's smart enough to figure out, like, how to murder this, like, they're mm-hmm. not going to send that text message on their personal cell phone. So yeah. They have the burner phone. They dropped it off in that area. Left, okay. But they find the phone. I don't know what they do with the phone. They probably would just take it into evidence. I mean, they're probably not qualified. Even even if Arthur was like, let me take a look at it, the cops would be like, "Uh, no, this is going to top men or whatever. You know, top men. Top men. (laughs) I like that scene, though, because then we see how Arthur's actually into this because he's like, no, I need that phone. Like, Like, I can do this. Like, I can figure this out. No. Does he try to nail down a suspect at this point? Either for better or for worse? He keys in on someone. 
I mm, how do we okay, what do he, we get out of the scene? Keys into the, besides I, the phone that goes out of the stadium. Well, I think that we also get from this scene that Arthur is more involved in this than what he should be. You okay. know? Like I think he, right. I think we get in like he's really involved mm-hmm. and I think we get like them taking the phone away and then them basically being like, okay, like you, you did your job. You found this phone leave. And he's just like, I'm not done with this. So then he leaves the officer and now he's out on his own trying to figure Mm -hmm. this out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then what is our next scene? Good question. Um, I would imagine if he's going it on his own, he's going to have to follow... He'll probably wrap it up at this point, right? The next clue, yeah. Like, if, if this conclusion. is him, like, roughing it out on his own, then it's like he gets to it, and the cops probably aren't there in the final standoff. Unless there's some addendum in, in one of our sub-stories later on, but... Sure. I'd imagine for the sake of the shell of the movie, he does it by himself, mm-hmm. and... Um, he gets the phone. Did you? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, and he finds some sort of, some sort of personal telling information that, uh, you know, that isn't immediately, a, a, like it's on a specific network. Yeah. It was bought by a specific network. Maybe and, there's photos of Peter on the phone that he was going to creepily send to Paul or something. Or? Sure. Cause a murderer is a creep and he sent the touchdown text in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. And so now there's a position he's whoa and we see uh we see arthur lining up he's getting in the position hey he took this photo from this position the murderer did Mm -hmm. and then he turns around and see guy running away from that position which could take us to the final set piece something like the catwalks like we talked about earlier i do Mm. enjoy the catwalks i don't know why they would be up there but well it's it's super climactic obviously actually they're up there because the power goes off for a little bit so this is where the power goes out this is where the power goes out Mm. okay they find the phone power goes out and that's why the cops are like we gotta crowd control real quick because you know even if it's a five minute delay we we gotta you know keep Mm -hmm. peace power goes out the cell phone boosters also go out so Mm -hmm. then your cell phone signal is just shit Mm -hmm. you know which is the reason that he did that Mm -hmm. they were getting too close that's why he shut the power right found out that the Power is up. For some reason, it's up at the catwalk. Yep, that was my same thought. I was like, <laughs> I well, where, like the where power is in the shut off from? Yeah. <laughs> well, someone's got to be like, well, blah, blah, blah. It was one of the main breakers. And it looks like all the, these are on in, in our in our basement area, which means it had to be part of the conduit. Well, where does that run? Well, the only other spot you can check it is the catwalk. <laughs> exactly, because that's how stadiums are built, Josh. I don't know. Like, that's Come on. I would want to see. I just want to, I believe it. Completely. Completely. Okay, we're going up to the catwalk, and then and this is the final, the final chase conclusion. Yeah. Oh, it was, hey, it was you, you. You missed. Did I? And then he stamps on the catwalk, and the murder falls off and down onto the field. Touchdown! Cool, Austin. Touchdown! Touchdown! Credits. No, he gets impaled. By one of the goalposts. By one of the goalposts? On live television. <laughs> just going down Just slowly. <laughs> Cut to a family screaming. Who's that Michael Bay in the room? <laughs> 
Michael Bay. No, that would be if the whole damn stadium and it blows blew up. up. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's Michael Bay. But wait, and then. Uh, no, he doesn't have to fall, I guess. Well, I'd imagine from this point forward, it's going to be highly dependent upon your resolution. Because yes, at this point, this would be the end. This is where our main character reaches up with the antagonist and resolves everything. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we go. We've got our beginning, our middle, and our end. We've got characters set up. All we need is who done it. Who done it, Josh? Yeah, Josh. Who done it? Who done it, Josh? Who done it? I'll tell you who done it. The biological father of Mary's baby. Mary's baby. And do you know why he po- poisoned the uh, the Stella Artois? Because uh, no. he knew his the fancy beer and the champagne. He knew Mary wasn't going to drink it. Peter wasn't the target. The target was Mary. He was out to crush Mary's soul by killing everyone around her. What? And do you know why? No, because he the, he the baby daddy, he was, he donated his sperm to Mary and her, her wife. Oh, so he's just So they could creepy. have a child. He is so frustrated. He hates it. He's gone insane after that happened. And so his thought... And Mary was, you know, maybe Mary wasn't great to him. Mary was just calling him a creep, weird, conservative or something, you know, just some weird stuff, you know, getting really aggressive. Mm-hmm. But he just went off the rails and, and just got to a point where, well, like, if you're not going to get rid of that baby, because, like, if I can't have that baby, no one can. If you're not going to do it, we're just going to, I'm just going to go completely crazy and kill everyone around you and try and frame you for it. Jeez. And the baby will be taken away from you and I'll ruin your life. Interesting. So what are your sprinkles? My, spr- my sprinkles? sprinkles? Your sprinkles. My sprinkles? This guy. We're going to call him Chet. Chet? Chet is good. Chet, is Chet he's, in, he's in section 69 in the basement. We see him in the kitchen. He is uh, pouring out champagne bottles. And I think the guards are probably like, ah, that's such a waste. And the guy's like, yeah, well, if we open it and they don't drink it, we got to toss it. We're not allowed to drink it on, you know, at work and... Gotta gotta record it somehow. Cause, I mean that happens a lot. Right. Like you have to if you you know caterers if you don't finish something and you don't have the proper way to store it you gotta throw it away. So that's kind of his cover and like you know he's sweating bullets here and mm-hmm. um, he comes out of the a service elevator uh, while Arthur is looking at the pictures. He scurries away because you know coming back from the thing. What would some other sprinkles be? I think you'd probably have to do a lot more with Mary. Maybe. Right. Maybe the way you talk about Mary and that whole relationship is Mary and the wife are there. It's an office romance. Um, yeah, so office romance, they're there. Mary's wife isn't drinking out of solidarity because Mary's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, the text probably, well, I mean, is the donor also part of the office? I don't know. Maybe it's a big, uh, big company. Sure. Yeah. Maybe I'll think of more sprinkles. I don't know. That's fair. That I would like be that how one. I twist the story. Twist. Okay. Okay. All right. I think Austin has one then. I do. And my murderer is the reporter on the ground for oh. ESPN. So, oh, uh, this is great. Two characters so far that we have not established at all in the rest of the no, episode. we have so. not. Wow. So to be fair, though, if you're watching a murder mystery, that's the person you least expect. It's true. Because you, you got un- me there. unfairly set up. Well, right? when you only establish four characters, it 
And that too. Right. Yeah. So I'm telling you, ex-wife. The reporter <laughs> on the ground is from ESPN. Peter and Paul, they're executives at Fox Sports. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They find an incriminating uh, story on, let's say this character's name is Joseph. Um, they find an incriminating story. The story gets printed. I want to, I, I'm not sure what it is, but something in the headline says touchdown, mm-hmm. which is why he sends the text of touchdown to all of them when he's murdering them. Oh, okay. <laughs> So then they know what he what he was thinking of is that he would poison them. And as they're dying, but not dead yet, he was going to send these texts and then they would get the touchdown and they would know exactly who is killing them. But Mm -hmm. then they die and then it wouldn't matter, which then gets me to think, well, then how Paul Paul wouldn't know, because, I mean, touchdown could be whatever. But anywho. That's why he sends them touchdown. That's why he can get down because he has clearance to everywhere. Um, he used to be used to be one of the people up above, like one of the sportscasters or mm-hmm. whatever. Now he's just forced to be on the ground because of the story mm-hmm. or whatnot. And he's mm-hmm. just pissed about it. Sure. He's, he's oh, he's he wants a vendetta. He's been forced out. He's been forced out, basically. And. So yeah, he that's that was his motive behind that. That's how he can get around down there because like they're just like, oh, he's a reporter, like he's a ground reporter, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why he knows the U.S. Bank Stadium inside and out. Why he could shut down the power too. Gotcha. Hmm. That's Buckwild. It's pretty crazy. I gotta stop saying. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. Nate, never stop. Don't you want to go, Robbie? No, I think it's better <laughs> okay. for you to go. All right. So um. I might not be as fleshed out as I wanted to be, but my murderer is a disgruntled um, client of the people in the box. Peter, Paul, Mary, all of them. Mm -hmm. And he set off to poison all of them because they have case files of his that have incriminating evidence, evidence of which we don't know this as an audience until we find out at the end. He has retrieved, but the only people who now have this evidence would be, you know, because they, they saw it. They, they have memory. They have uh, a collective knowledge of, like, they saw documents and things on a case that hasn't gone anywhere yet. Um, so he wants to get rid of all three of them. That's why he poisons the champagne. And, um, you know, Peter falls down, touchdown. He sends the text simply as a distraction because he knows it's going to cause more confusion than anything. Um, and I found a way to get the body count up a little higher, I think, Oh, where, cause <laughs> they, they see on the big jumbotron, oh my God, that was Peter. Like I need a drink. So then someone else takes the champagne, slugs it, isn't feeling well, goes to the restroom and they just kind of lock the thing and all, we just keep cutting back like, like, like all right, come on buddy. But like mm-hmm. they eventually mm-hmm. will get impatient and they'll just find another restroom. And so no one ever checks into it. There's just a dead guy in a stall the entire game. And no one knows about it. Because <laughs> you would never... I yeah. mean, you'd be like, ah, he's, he's just... Right. Or he's drunk. And, right. even, and maybe they find him eventually, but they're just like, oh, we got a drunk guy passed out. Can we get him just lifted out of here real quick? They don't think he's dead because he's just drunk as all get out and he's been poisoned. So maybe he's not dead yet, but he soon will be. 
Um, but then I also thought that this guy who is going into to lawyer court, you know, his criminal case has not yet been um, charged. Uh, one of his crimes has to do uh, with tech-related items. So he mm. has also hacked in some stu- into some stuff, you know, stolen some identities, some, you know, bank numbers, et cetera, et cetera, social security numbers, you name it. And um, the tech company that has helped is the one that Peter or sorry, not Peter, Arthur, worked for. So there's a slight mm. connection there. Although at the end of the day, there's really no connection. He just works at that company. Right. That's it. But he also knows that Arthur's going to be there. And that's why, you know, he kind of follows, he skulks and stalks around Arthur. Because as long as he can stay a step behind of Arthur physically, he'll be one step ahead of Arthur. Because Arthur's looking ahead. And he's basically, he's trying to find a way to escape. And so most of the stuff that ends up happening... Like the phone, he leaves the phone in the bleacher behind where um, Arthur was sitting to make it really creepy because he knew Arthur was going to be there just as a distraction so he could cut the power and get out. Right. But obviously he was caught. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Swell. Well, it's probably (laughs) time to wrap up the podcast, don't you think? (laughs) We can have a cliffhanger. Just on and Robbie. just go back to me. What is Robbie's ending? Find out next week. <laughs> and it'll be another 50 minutes. You guys are going to make me do it, aren't you? Okay. Uh, you don't have to. You don't so have to. you're all wrong. The murderer, in fact, <laughs> is Peter. Okay. Okay. Which I've already alluded to earlier, so it's not a sure. shot, sure. but still. Yeah, sorry. Wait. What? Wait, what? what? But I thought Peter died. Did he, oh, you thought Peter died. I thought. So, how could this have happened? So did everybody else. The poison that you see... Except was, for all of the audience of the game. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah the they didn't, didn't think he was actually dead. The audience of the movie was like, yeah, he died. Right. He did. You see, the poison was actually uh, more sophisticated than just cyanide or something where you drop dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more kind of a delayed effect. So he drank it and then... Uh, Right afterwards, he popped a pill in his mouth that served as the antidote. Then he fell, and then he fell down the stairs mm-hmm. and got brought back to the, uh, the, 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 what, the infirmary? What the fuck would you call it? The morgue? Not that this the Super Bowl the US stadium doesn't stadium have a morgue. morgue. The, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the stadium morgue. Um, and the antidote is, uh, again, Section it's a pill. Seven. It's not a gel pill, it's a regular pill, so it's a little slower acting. So they think he's dead, but he isn't. And then he does come back to life. And why is he doing all this, you ask? That's a great question. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And the answer is he really wants to stick it to Paul and Mary. Um, And his goal is to drop dead in front of them so they are just grief-stricken and in a panic as to what to do with the rest of their company. Um, So that when they're still like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? He can come back and get him. But what he didn't count on was Arthur being there and being able to track him so quickly. Huh. Um, and he ends up having to ditch the burner phone earlier than he wanted and everything and can't quite get to where to Paul and Mary back where he wants to get. That's why he kind of skulks around because he's trying to get the phone back. Exactly. Mm. Um, and he knows that his presence, I'll be the fake thing of him dead, will cause the stock in that company to plummet, which was his goal the whole time. Because mm-hmm. he wants to stick it to him. Damn. Hmm. That's okay. actually... A lot more clever than I was anticipating it would be. Thanks. I made most of it up just now. <laughs> good job. Good job, Bob. 
Um, yeah, I thought there was one more detail I thought would be fun. Oh, yeah, so then they go to the catwalks. Like, he's like, okay, finally I can get it. And then he, you know, he's looking, at, lining up the shot of the phone to the mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. of the view and everything. And then he, like, looks around and he sees him. He's like, oh, shit. And he does have to run and everything. And he runs up to the catwalk and they're having the scene, right? Um, and he's like, you shouldn't have been here. None of this should have happened like this. Um, and then all of a sudden he gets stabbed in the back and his uh. wife and she's like, hee hee, I'm a psycho. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> Twist ending. Yeah. Just call me M. Knight. Well, uh, thanks for listening to Cinema Architects, everybody. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. Did we end each of ours? Yeah. Did we yeah. end? I thought so. I did. Okay. That cat, well, the same thing, the catwalk. Well, yeah, but like, do they get caught? Do they not get caught? Oh. Mine is he gets I caught. Know. I want to know. Yeah, I mean, he gets stabbed in mine. So. The mystery is solved. <laughs> stabbed in yours. The mystery is solved. That's the main thing. Okay, that's fine. People will just wonder. They'll just wonder. The the rest is up to you, good listener. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to wrap up the podcast now. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, as always, uh, if you really, if you could, could just uh, rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, That'll give us more exposure and all that good stuff. Um, hit us up on our Twitter and Gmail. Um, and Austin, we have that Instagram, right? We do? Uh, we do. Good. Uh, and that's at Cinemarks as well. Um, and all of our music, of course, comes from Nike Schneid. And you can find that at SoundCloud.com slash Nike Schneid. Um, so for Cinemarchitects, I've been Robbie. I'm Austin. I'm Josh. Colonel Nathan. In the, in the in the podcast that, studio in the podcast studio with with, with the, the microphone. Hey, see you next time. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Hey, listeners! If you'd like to reach out to us, please visit us at cinemarks at gmail.com. That's cinemarks, not Karl Marx. Cinema R C H S at gmail.com. And if you'd also like to follow us on Twitter, we are at cinemarks as well. Thank you.